Don't you think we could get rid of obesity by making the doors to chip shops really narrow? <laughs> Imagine being a swimmer in the Olympic Games and winning the 100-meter butterfly. I mean, what would you do with an insect that big? <laughs> so here I am, Milton Jones, standing to become mayor of London. Together with my spin doctor, Anton, I'm about to blow the winds of change across the face of British politics and make it stay that way. So, I implore you to vote for another case of Milton Jones. Here we are, waiting for the result of the election of the Mayor of London. Milton, the count's nearly over, but there's just one more interview with the press. Anton, I don't trust the press. They wear badges that say press, but if you do press them, they don't like it. <laughs> and yet, if you're late for an interview because you're stuck in a lift for the same reason, not pressing the button marked press, they look at you as if you're some kind of moron. Yes, that's the look. <laughs> OK, we're ready for that interview for News Round. News Round? Don't worry, Milton. It's just as important that you connect with the young voters. This is Kyle. He's 15. So, blood, is you like the mayor or is you like just picking yourself up in it? <laughs> My name is Milton Jones. I am from Earth. <laughs> you what, blood? All this must seem very grown up and difficult to understand. Let me explain. This is an election. And it's a sort of contest between me and those three football supporters. No, Milton, those rosettes represent different political parties. <laughs> Do they? Ah, uh, you two is well nang, man. Anton, you're going to have to translate. <laughs> ask him to ask me a question. Certainly. Uh, <clears throat> now, Kyle, bruv, why not get the word on what's going down with Milton, respect, and Tim? <laughs> Right, banging, yes, or like, Mayor, what will so be your priorities? I want to be open and accountable. Politicians should be approachable and should treat each other with respect. Yeah, but... I, 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 grown-up talking. <laughs> I also believe in engaging with the public and asking tough questions. Like what? Like, it's past midnight, so why aren't you in bed? That is well unfair, you get me? You all think us teenagers are up to no good. And that is why, as Mayor, I will allow community support officers to target anyone wearing a hood by pulling faces at them just outside their line of vision. <laughs> oh, wait, man. You was, like, going to pick up the police? Oh, yes. The police will be given new special powers, like flying and turning into insects. <laughs> I think that's probably enough questions for now. We must go down to the count. It's almost finished. I hear you. Big up me out later. Absolutely. And do give my regards to the Chelmsford Posse. Cha. <laughs> It was time for all the candidates to assemble in the hall. Right, if everyone could line up here, please. Hello, Milton. One of the candidates was an old girlfriend of mine, Lottie. We were involved in student politics together, travelling to Greenham Common. She wanted to stop nuclear missiles, and I was hoping to find the Wombles. <laughs> Still, modern-day feminists, I take my hat off to them. They don't like that. <laughs> Hello, Lottie. Let's not pretend we feel anything for each other, Milton. Uh, but I still have feelings for you. In fact, the last time I saw your name, I couldn't help putting a kiss beside it. So you voted for me, then? Bother. <laughs> oh, Milton, what happened to you? You had principles. I remember all those student committee meetings in the 80s. 
Well, everybody, our concert to help free Nelson Mandela went quite well. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry about the mix-up in the typesetting when everyone was invited to an after-show apartheid. <laughs> Milton, look, he's about to announce the results. As the returning officer... Nice to see you again. <laughs> Please don't keep saying that. The votes were as follows. Peter Barker Hume... Conservative Party. 224,804. Lottie Hampton... Independent loser. <laughs> well, you're just afraid of a fair fight. Chicken. Hen Party. Milton. 300,648. Milton Jones... Vote for me and I'll paint the pavements around Victoria Coach Station gold to freak out people who come in from the country. <laughs> Party. 936,400. Milton, you've done it. You're the new mayor. Address the people. London, I will not tell you any lies. And I will admit when I make a mistake. Starting with, I probably shouldn't have said I won't tell you any lies. <laughs> Furthermore, I will not waste your money. In fact, I will put a giant monument in Trafalgar Square made out of platinum saying, I will not waste. Sorry, I haven't really thought this through. <laughs> Mayor Jones, Mayor Jones, over here. Have, have you any words of consolation for your defeated candidates? Well, I think it was William Ewart Gladstone who first said, na 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 na. And who are your political inspirations? Ah, uh, well, uh, London has always been rich in inspiring political leaders. Like Dick Whittington. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, not the pantomime hero, obviously. Uh, the real 14th century Sir Richard Whittington, who united the guild of the city and was elected the first head of a civic forum. I like the funny bit with the cat sings. <laughs> uh, yeah, about that. What about this election commitment to provide taxis for cats? I stand by it. Ah, uh, yes, I, I think that might just be a misprint for cut taxes. It's exactly the kind of policy that Dick Whittington would have fought for. Uh, Manchester Evening Post, I'd like to ask you about your promise to unite the North-South divide. Pardon? Oh, come on, you must be aware that Britain is split socially and economically. <laughs> no, sorry, I just can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> but I am committed to cats. Everyone should have one of those things in their doors that cats can go in and out of. Yeah, a letterbox. I think that's all for today. Politics is in my blood. My earliest memory is of hearing my father sing, We'll keep a red flag flying. But that was probably because he was just a lazy lifeguard on Great Yarmouth Beach. <laughs> My great-uncle was Mortimer Jones. It was said that without him, the Jarrow March would never have happened, mainly because he was supposed to organise the bus. <laughs> Another ancestor was Sir Isambard Jones, who designed the London sewer system. In fact, it was him who first said that in London you were never more than nine feet away from a rat. He was a common sight in the gin houses of the capital with his colourful waistcoats and pet rat. <laughs> so the next day I started my job as Mayor of London. I knew that to begin with there would be a honeymoon period. I made sure of this by sending everyone in London on a two-week holiday to the Maldives. <laughs> we arrived at the door of the London Assembly to be met by London's Chief Administrator, Yeoman Robert Wellsby, Senior Custodian of the Master of the Guilds. Major Jones, call oh, blimey, look at the state of it. It's a great honour, know what I mean? And no mistake, call me Bob. I'm Milton from Planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Tosh. Seriously, though, great honour and all that. Is it true that you're related to Sir Isambard Jones, who built London's sewer system? Absolutely. He was never frightened of handling the big jobs. <laughs> so, here you go, gents. Hey. I thought you'd want to see the gents. 
you know, what with your family history. Yes. Uh, I think we're ready to see the office now. Right you are, Gov. Up the old apples and pears. So, Bob, I take it you're a native of this city? Oh, absolutely. From the East End itself. And you know what they say about the sound of Bow Bells? Oh, yes. If you can hear them, someone's probably nicked your car. Ah. Here we are. Look at that, Chief. Amazing views of London. Big Ben, London Eye, the Gherkin, only 30p a postcard. No, thank you, Bob. Come on, five for a quid. We can see all that perfectly well out of the window. Thank you. All right, then, gents. Look, I've got to go. Put your first policy into action. What's that, Milton? Oh, I, I didn't tell you. I'm putting a giant maze in Leicester Square to direct American tourists into. Ah, <laughs> uh, now, this is just it, Milton. I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit worried about some of your public statements. It's my policy on immigration, isn't it? They come over here from Africa, make nests in our roofs. No, sorry, that's migration. <laughs> it's actually the commitment to provide cat taxis that worries me most. I mean, how are we going to pay for that? Well, I've extended the congestion zone as far as Paris. It's just the transport system in London is already a shambles. Exactly. Look at that bridge over the Thames. It's broken in half. <laughs> I've got it. How about having just one really long, bendy bus that is so long it never has to move? <laughs> and you just walk about inside it. <laughs> or better still, have a little bus that you can catch to take you to different bus stops inside. Milton, we need to show that you're thinking about the environmental consequences of what we're doing. Anton, I am 100% committed to global warming. I think... <laughs> We need to go on a fact-finding mission. Yeah, yeah, yes, the, the Arctic should look pretty good. Huskies, jolly-coloured hats, that sort of thing. Uh, I'll book the tickets and work out your security arrangements. And I'll leave the fan heater on so it's nice and warm when we get back. <laughs> Anton said that we should split up and arrive at the airport incognito. Milton Jones. Anton, that is a great disguise. <laughs> I'm not Anton, sir. Nice touch. I'm here for your protection, sir. Suit, dark glasses. Nice touch. Hello, Milton. Who are you? And why are you disguised as Anton? I am Anton. And, and this is Tammy, our security guard. A female security guard. Nice touch. And if you touch them again, sir, I will press charges of sexual harassment. Fair enough. Tammy's here for your protection. She's very experienced. She worked with the Clinton administration. Wow. You worked as a security guard in a card shop. Now, don't worry about me. I've picked up a weapon in duty-free. This massive bar of Toblerone. Sir, in the interest of your own safety, I have to check that chocolate bar. Yeah, right. Get your own. Milton, she knows what she's doing. It might be bugged or poisoned. Put the chocolate bar on the ground and step away. Okay. The Toblerone is clear, sir. It was a Toblerone. Now it's an arrow. We arrived at the edge of the Arctic Circle. Apparently, this is an area of outstanding natural beauty, but just our luck, on the day we arrived, everything was covered with snow. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, thank you for making the long trip north. Uh, we're all very conscious about the harmful gases that we put into the air. Guilty. <laughs> yes, well, uh, questions? Mayor, Mayor Jones, why are you on a bike? Oh, well, because I love cycling, and it's very important that we preserve stocks of carbon-based fuel. Excellent. And my motorcade agree with me. Do you think this undermines your stance on green issues a little? Nonsense. 
Oh, oh no, a puncher. Code blue, code blue. What's that helicopter doing? It's carrying my puncher repair kit. And the ocean liner? Oh, that's just Jeff. He always helps me get the little tin open. <laughs> the trip to the Arctic was not a success, and we arrived back in London as a scandal was brewing over my cheap and affordable housing scheme, built suspiciously near the former site of Legoland. <laughs> On the plus side, I had managed to cut down on both traffic accidents and unemployment by employing people to stand in dangerous places saying, Woo, calm down. <laughs> well, there'll always be someone pleased to see us back, and that's loyal Bob. Oi, Jones, you back then? Bob? Oh, don't you bob me, mate. I'm right browned off of you, and no mistake. When he was elected, I had such high hopes, but now everything's in chaos, isn't it? Mayor Jones just wants to model London on other successful cities. Yeah, look over there, towards Hampstead Heath. What, some giant white letters? Yeah, you know, like Hollywood. Yeah, it says Hollywood. Ah. <laughs> you see, that's it. I'm not working here a minute longer. I want the true spirit of London back. Like the Blitz? Yeah, that's it. Well, perhaps if we could declare war on Germany again. No, Milton, we've discussed this. <laughs> I'm talking about the London where everyone helps everyone else. Where we're all on the same side. A noble, proud, honourable London. Where we can truly feel that we're all in it together. I am walking back to Bow. You're not driving? Someone's nicked my car. <laughs> Bob's accusations of squandering London's resources hurt. And I never even got the chance to tell him about my plans for a giant game of croquet with Marble Arch as the first hoop. I could feel London turning against me. Even its most famous resident, the Queen, was still quite angry after I got the whole of London pretend we'd forgotten her official birthday. <laughs> and then that night, in her bedroom... Well, Philip, I think I'm going to turn in now. Surprise! Oh, you guys, you guys. <laughs> Honestly, we have to go completely. I was so angry. <laughs> Wandering around London in the days, I found myself sitting in St Paul's Cathedral looking up at the mighty work of a great visionary. Then an apparition appeared in a frock coat, breeches, silken stockings, and a black tricorn hat, carrying architect's plans of the building. Milton Jones! Grandma! <laughs> no, I am Sir Christopher Wren. Oh. Who? <laughs> I built this cathedral. I am here to help you become beloved by your people. After all, I was the one who built this city. Yes, on rock and roll, I've heard about it. <laughs> no, it was after London had been ravaged by a great fire. I get it, so you want me to start a fire. No, 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 no. Put the matches down. Sorry. Follow me. I will take you to the Whispering Gallery. He led me up some hidden steps. This way. Down a stone corridor. Just through here. Through a wooden doorway. Down this way. Back down another corridor. Not far now. Past a generator in the kitchens. And into a small cupboard. You're lost, aren't you? Sorry. <laughs> had the plans upside down. All right, that's got it. Follow me! Eventually we reached the Whispering Gallery. An astonishing feat of architectural engineering. Where even the smallest sound will carry to the listener. Now, Milton. Pardon? <laughs> You're doing this deliberately, aren't you? Maybe. Listen. Do you hear that sound? The whispering. The whispering. No. It's the sound of a hundred bored schoolchildren playing their iPods. <laughs> you see, you must capture the imagination of the youth of London, for they are the future. Of course. The youth are the future. Thank you, Sir Christopher. Thank you. Trust 
the youth. Trust the youth. Trust the... Oh, you speak my way. Grandma was right. I immediately rang Kyle, and the very next day he was sitting in my office. Kyle, thank you so much for popping in. What a stroke of luck you happened to be at the nightclub when we called by. Safe blood. But, like, who was that whelming Indred who was sitting there looking like, duh? He was well embarrassing. Ah, that'll be David Cameron. Now, we're here to help Milton. Cha. The word on the street is that Milton has lost it big time, that he is full of sleaze and, like, pimping London, man. Milton just wants to serve Londoners. Why didn't you stand for mayor? I could never be a politician again. Not after that awful time in Central America. The government regime was a puppet of the CIA. I joined the opposition. My title was Shadow Puppet President. <laughs> it was so humiliating. Ah, oh, man, that is well fat. Indeed. Fat it was. <laughs> anyway, Milton just wants to help people. The only thing he gets out of being mayor is the ancient ceremonial rite of driving a flock of sheep across Westminster Bridge, but obviously no one in their right mind. <laughs> Milton, I was about to tell Kyle how much we'd value his opinion and support. We don't need him. The sheep love me. Listen, they're going, mayor, mayor, mayor. Yeah, never mind the sheep, man. You should hear what real Londoners are saying about you. They're saying you're a massive porky bluff who, like, so well wouldn't know his chuddies from his Winona Ryder, you'll get me. Is that bad? Milton, man, I'm like, you need some serious popularity. Of course, I need a good cause. The fair trade movement. I remove all trade barriers. Yes. And the Thames flood barrier. No. Why not? Well, how can I put it? You know that man who did the London Marathon in a diving suit? Yes. If you remove the Thames barrier, next year he'd win. Ah. <laughs> Carl, we need the help of the youth of Britain. I want to make you deputy mayor. No way, man. That is well nizzle. The role does come with ceremonial bling. Ah, nice flavour. Let me present you with it. And Milton has the mace. Ah! Long mace, Milton. For the next couple of hours, I was able to tell Kyle how fed up I was with all the criticism of the deterioration of public services as we waited for the ambulance to arrive. <laughs> At Kyle's suggestion, I decided to hold a great exhibition. We felt it could succeed where the Millennium Dome had failed and really say something about Britain today. So I had the dome reshaped into a giant hood. Then anyone who entered got mugged. <laughs> Much like the original. <laughs> the next day, we were due to go to a big ceremony at the site of the new Wembley Stadium. And so I take this trowel and lay the final stone. The stone that completes the monument to mark the completion of the first ten years of work on the unfinished Wembley Stadium. As I stood there amongst the rubble, I couldn't help feeling that London needed some other huge sporting event to show off its prowess for getting things ready on time. I shared my thoughts with Anton. You mean like the 2012 London Olympics? Exactly, but much sooner. Like the 2008 Beijing Olympics? Yes! We will stage the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Hmm, I, I think China might have something to say about that. Then we must go there on a fact-finding mission. Anton, make a note, we must also do something about aeroplane noise. Right here. <laughs> Beijing. People say it's an amazing city, but to my mind, it's just like a more modern version of Peking. <laughs> At first, I did some of the touristy stuff. 
The Forbidden City was exactly what I expected. Yes? Can I come in? No. China is a land of great mystery. The terracotta army was very impressive. Less impressive were the bits of pottery I found in a field, which I presume were the remains of the terracotta air force. <laughs> After meeting with Chinese officials, we managed to ascertain that China wouldn't quite be ready for 2008, having outsourced a lot of its building work to British contractors. <laughs> but to really put on political pressure to get the games, we had to go to the UN in New York. Eventually, the UN was in session, and it was my turn to speak. Ladies and gentlemen of the UN, you just listen for a moment. Yes, if some of you would pay me the respect of removing your iPods for a second. Milton, th those are delegates who are having your words translated. Oh, right. When I came to power, I did so in my own way, uh, to be my own person and not to steal my political ideas from anybody else. No, this lady is not for turning. Tough crowd. Oh, look, here comes the British ambassador to the UN, Sir Peter Winterton. Anton, good to see you. Well, Sir Peter, how's it all going? The Chinese are prepared to give you the Beijing Olympics in exchange for three years of the Edinburgh Festival and Liverpool's status as the European city of culture. OK, as long as they throw in a free Tibet. But Beijing also want Eurovision. Well, who's got that? Mexico. But they'll swap it for the Notting Hill Carnival and Crufts. Except Memphis wanted Crufts as well. But we managed to get Graceland in exchange for London Fashion Week and the Embassy World Snooker Championships. The Ashes have gone to Nepal, the Winter Olympics went to Mogadishu, the Tour de France has become the Tour de Hawaii, and the next New Orleans Mardi Gras and Gay Pride March have been moved to Tehran. Can we just change the... No. We returned home triumphant and explained that London would be holding the 2008 Beijing Olympics and that it was also the new capital of Estonia. <laughs> the Games arrived and across the world, billions tuned in to witness the truly British opening ceremony I devised. Anton joined the BBC commentary team. Welcome to the 2008 Beijing Olympics here in London, taking place at the Wembley building site, which has been temporarily converted into a stadium. And the ceremony has been devised by Mayor Jones to reflect all that's good about British youth and culture. Sorry to interrupt, Anton, but here comes the Olympic flame, lit over two weeks ago in Athens, flown to the UK, and then carried by the Deputy Mayor on its last leg from Hackney Wick on a 27. As he steps off the bus, surrounded by his hooded posse, and there it is, yes, the ceremonial setting light to a Renault Espace. Beautiful technique there, done like a true Frenchman. Sorry to interrupt, Anton, but here come the British display team, the 3,000 men, each at the wheel of a white van. And they're off. Each of them reading a newspaper and on the phone at the same time, all in perfect formation, and now spelling out the traditional British greeting, what are you looking at? Well, I'll tell you what we're looking at. We're looking at Her Majesty the Queen now, getting into the spirit of things, as she approaches a table and proceeds to eat a classic British dish of Thai green curry before necking three tequila slammers and bathing repeatedly into a bucket. Well, 
Hold on, Mark. Sorry to interrupt, Anton, but as you know, at the UN, Mayor Jones swapped the London Marathon for the Pamplona Bull Run. Ah, yes, that delightful Iberian festival where they release dozens of frightened and angry animals into the narrow and crowded streets. And there go the bulls, magnificent beasts there, as the arena is flooded with bulls, competitors and crowd alike run for their lives. And now they're charging out of the stadium and into the streets. Sorry to interrupt, Anton, but there's one bull that seems to be getting larger and larger as it runs, or, or should I say hurtles, towards this commentary position. London was in turmoil. The bulls were out of control. The cats had taken over the taxis. I'm sure I heard a pigeon mention something about a coup. <laughs> I called together Anton and Tammy in the secret command and control centre under the cabinet war rooms. Milton, what on earth possessed you to get the running of the bulls? Well, you know how it is when you go on holiday. You always come back with something you don't really want. <laughs> but I did get the tomato festival as well. Is that the one where they all throw tomatoes? Well, you say tomato, I say duck. What? Oh, gross. So, everyone in London will be covered in red just as you've released 20,000 bulls into the street. Anton, now is not the time to question my judgment. Hello, secret bunker. Yes, in man, it's like mashing out here. Us? Who's with you? All right, Chief, it's Bob. Remember me? No, I'll feel this. I mean, we all make mistakes and no mistake. Well, do come through. Oh, thanks, mate. It's mayhem out there. I've got all the people into the giant millennium hood. Good, but they won't be able to leave until we've got rid of the bulls, the cats, the pigeons. And the giant scorpions. What? Nothing. <laughs> Any ideas, team? There's only one thing we can do. Remove the Thames flood barrier, like I said. But London will end up permanently under 50 feet of water. Well, I did say I was going to clean up this town. <laughs> to the flood barrier. Going all that way right now will be very tricky. Especially if the scorpions find out how to work their jetpacks. What? <laughs> can help you, Governor. I happen to know that deep in the bowels of old London town is something for this very eventuality. Try that little door. A whole network of underground tunnels with trains running through them. <laughs> Stations and maps. Why did no one tell me about this? Of course, the underground leads to the London stopcock, which controls the flood barrier. We just have to find it and open it up. That's it, Gov. And where's the stopcock in any house? Under the toilet. To Wandsworth. <laughs> Don't be a numpty. It's over there behind that chocolate machine. <laughs> it's not good. It won't shift. At that moment, a ghostly figure appeared once more. Grandma. Milton, you cannot destroy London. I cannot let you do it. My life's work, my vision, my dream. It'll get rid of Wandsworth. Let me give you a hand. <laughs> the water washed the bulls as far as Birmingham, and the people of Birmingham put them in the bullring. But London was permanently flooded, so Anton and I rode a boat picking up people off treetops and off church roofs. So, next time I'm mayor, Anton, do you think I should do anything differently? Milton, London has just suffered a terrible flood. I'm not sure the public will take the risk of voting for another natural disaster. Nonsense, Anton. Next time it'll be a landslide. <laughs> that was another case of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones, Tom Goodman-Hill, Dave Lamb and Lucy Montgomery. It was written by Milton Jones and James Carey, and the music was by Guy Jackson. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. And listen again next time when you can catch another case of Milton Jones.